to the backside get you all going because that is absolutely huge because I think, man, powerful, powerful, powerful. So we're in a transition now. We, 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 we understand kind of your base and who you are, your roots, kind of where you came from. So look, those of you who are watching on, on, on live stream and those of you who are watching later on the recorded on this, I mean, look, you're a big, you're a big man, right? You, you played football. Um, you, you, you've done a big thing. I mean, you played uh, rugby. I got a couple of kids who play rugby and they love it. Um, so please, please take us through this journey of why toilet seats? You know, I know it's probably a question that people, you say this is what I do and people look at you like, okay, I know you're probably joking, right? But take us through this, you know, why, why toilet seats? Yeah. So one day I was sitting at my desk, my, my past life, my career started in government. Mm -hmm. uh, my last job was uh, as elected official in the state of Idaho. And um, I was there for a term and a half and I was mm -hmm. sitting at my desk and I'm, and I'm a guy with just ideas and I write these ideas down. I have pages and pages and pages of ideas. And one day I was sitting at my desk and, and I had done so much for my community. I was like, I can't just sit here and, and, and just milk this job anymore. I've done as much as I could do. I've changed tons here change people's lives here, but this isn't the last thing for me. I can't just sit here and retire and wait till I'm 65. There's yeah. more to my life than doing this. And um, I went back through my list and um, I found this idea that I had for toilet seats with mm -hmm. my, you know, I had this idea, me and my son were at the Salt Lake City Airport. He, he was four at the time. Um, I, you know, we wait in line, walk into a stall and some guy had sprinkled all over the seat. I put down the toilet covers and I try to put him on the seat and he starts screaming. He doesn't want to sit on the seat. He's poor. He has to sit. So yeah. have, you know, I had to go grab some paper towels and soap and, and clean the seat for my son to sit down. So I had a screaming kid and now I have a, a kid who's smiling, taking a deuce, right? Right. <laughs> so, right. So I had this idea about the seat and I was like, you know what? Nobody has bought any innovation to the toilet seat in years, I did all this research about it. And, and I said, you know what? I'm gonna take this idea and run with it. I had, I've always had uh, side hustles, businesses. Mm -hmm. I, me and my wife own um, three businesses on the side. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna take a shot. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna invent this product um, and, and go for it. So it really wasn't a toilet seat. It was me taking the risk and becoming an entrepreneur. It's me taking a risk and saying, you know what, let me create this product from scratch and, and become an inventor, an official inventor by the mm -hmm. USPTO. Um, let me sell this thing and sell the company, right? Because it, it doesn't stop with the toilet seat. It, then when I sell this company, I go on to the next five ideas that I have that I yeah. want to launch now. So really the toilet seat was no one is, has bought any innovation to the, the toilet seat in years. And I have this one of a kind idea and product that no one could ever compete with. And, but the most important part is I wanted to become an entrepreneur, a real entrepreneur, not this guy that always had side hustles yeah. the guy that says, no, this is my startup and this is what I do full time now and, and to bid on myself. So um, yeah, man, that's how I came up with the toilet seat. <laughs> okay, you said something very profound there, and I, I want to talk, what want to get more in depth 
you said it's not about the toilet seat. It's about becoming an entrepreneur. But more importantly is this job or this business, you'll sell it and you'll it'll allow you to propel you or push you towards those other five ideas that you want to get launched. Take us through that process, because I think as entrepreneurs and people who've started businesses, I've, I've, you know, I've, I've started, I've started a few is we're so ingrained and focused in this business, right? We got to get this business going and going, but, I, I, but the, a true entrepreneur says this business is going to be the gateway to this next business, which will be the gateway to this next business, which will eventually be what I really want to do is this. So take us through that mindset. How did you come? How, how did you section that off and say this business is going to get me to this business and not take it as this business? I just got to just grind this business out. Yeah. I'm not a lifer in this deal. It's not like I want to be a toilet seat salesman for the rest of my life. <laughs> but um, I always tell people, this door opens the next. This door, whatever I do with this company, however I, uh, am, good or bad, if I fail or succeed, opens the next door. If I sell this company for millions and millions of dollars, somebody will come, come up and say, Rob, did you hear what Rob did with this toilet seat company? Sold it 400 mil? give them this opportunity, right? If I fail, right, then no, everyone's going to see that, oh, Rob took investor money, failed with this company, blah, 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 blah. So mm -hmm. I'm on a mission. This is, there's a plan A, there's no plan B. There's plan A is to make this, this win. So I've always been, um, I've always been with ideas and with the next step in my life, planning step from step A to step C. Right. Wow. Yeah. You know, always because, you know, when I, especially in government, when I had, when I was just a peon, I just had the, a regular government job. I wanted my boss's job. And I knew that when my boss retired or something happened, you know, I'd say, you know, I'm going to have that job in two or three years. And I did. And mm -hmm. I repeated that cycle four times until I was an elected official. Same thing with be, becoming an entrepreneur. I learned that, listen, I, I, I sell this company. I do really well with this company. I'm an official inventor now. The door for me, the multiple doors that it opens for me when I'm, you know, when I'm selling off this company, it, the opportunities are unlimited. So always planning that, that next step out or even from A to C. Um, and, and I have tons and tons of more ideas. It's not like um, I'm stuck with this toilet seat idea. Um, yeah, yeah, man. So, what what I'm what I gather from all that is like you your circle of influence when Washi becomes huge and you sell it, that circle of influence is just going to exponentially grow. Like you said, you know, Grant Cardone always talks about that 10x, right? Yeah. It, you, I mean, that is just going to explode for you. Which, man, what a mindset! What a training! I mean. That's a, I don't know, that's a $50,000 training right there. So those of you who are taking notes, by all means, listen to what he just said about his process of, yeah, you know, nobody wants to be known as the toilet seat salesman for the rest of their life, but it is this door opens another door to open another door to open another door. So I want to talk about one of the doors that were, were closed in your, you know, closed in your face. You got all excited to go do it. And then it just, boom, just shut. So walk us through one how Shark Tank came about, how you were able to, you know, even get on and close to it. And then two, talk about when it shut, what happened, 
take us through that whole process of the whole shark tank. Yeah. Um, Cameron, if, if uh, your followers or anybody watching, I wrote this article, the title is uh, Shark Tank Will Make Me a Millionaire, but I didn't even make the show. Right? <laughs> it's a great yeah. article. Go read it. I love it. It's fantastic. Yeah. So what happened? I, um, I go to, in 2018, in the summer of 2018, I go to uh, auditions for Shark Tank. And it's in the Venetian Hotel uh, during CES, Consumer Electronics Show, biggest electronic show. There are like thousands and thousands of people there. I drive from Pocatello to Boise to pick up a prototype, drive from Boise to Vegas in one night um, to make the auditions. And, and when I get there, I get there just in time. I have a toilet seat and a toilet bowl in the back of my car. And I, and I, sit, in the, I sit in the driver's seat and I'm like, you know what? Am I really going to push this toilet bowl in the middle of it? You know, the Venetian Hotel in the middle of CES? I was going to be embarrassed, you know, this is the, this was my first like um, step into taking the leap, mm -hmm. the real leap of yeah. letting people know that I was selling a solo seat, not, not the sexiest thing. And you know what? I drove that far. I was like, get out the car and do it. So <clears throat> I pushed the toilet seat under the toilet bowl into the Venetian hotel, past security, thousands and thousands of people there. And I got the opposite reaction. I got, instead of being embarrassed, hundreds and hundreds of people i'm i'm not joking hundreds of people came up to me and say what is that what is, what is that thing what are you doing like they no wanted way. to know what i invented and i got so much attention that when i got in front of the sharks they loved it i mean not the sharks the producers I yeah, went yeah. The, cast, the casting producers i got in front of them, they loved it and so out of forty-two thousand companies that year i made it down to 90. And, uh, and and I went through the cycle. And before I went on the show, I had lied on my application. I said that I wasn't an elected official, and they they found <laughs> out. <laughs> I didn't think I was going to make it that far. And they right. said, either quit your job or you can't come on the show. So so I made a decision. I thought I was at that point in time. I thought I was going to be this instant millionaire, you yeah. know, going on the show. And um, I quit quit my job. And then two weeks before going on the show. They cut me. They're like, Rob, sorry, it's reality TV. We found another company. They have revenue. Uh, we'll keep in touch with you, though. Well, next year, we'll keep in touch with you. And, you know, that was the, the first punch in the gut that I ever received from being an entrepreneur. I had quit my job, had a family of five at the time, no, no salary, no benefits anymore, no health care. And I thought I was going on a shark tank and had nothing. So that 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 is the story of Shark Tank. They they still keep in touch with me every year and they check in, but I don't need them anymore. I don't like going through that process. I, I don't even go through the process anymore. But yeah, man, it was the big it was the first punch in the gut that I received on this journey. Dang. Dang. Hold, hold on. So <laughs> you're saying is out of 42,000 companies, you made the you made the top 90. You were yeah. like Hey, we're, we don't want we're you. On. Yeah. The, so that's number one. So you sat in a car saying, am I really going to do this? I'm going to be made fun of. People are going to laugh at me. But the opposite happened. And there were people, hundreds of people coming up going, what is that? What did you invent? I, I have to know, right? Curiosity yeah. always kills the cat, right? It always brings people together, right? Yeah. Then the second lead is, out of all of them, you made it. 
So now you're like ready to go. And then they tell you, you have to quit your job as an elected official to even to, for, and you were like in your mind done. Hey, yeah, I'm done. So yeah. you quit a job, a job. you have five kids, you have a family of five benefits, retirement, everything. And then they come back and say, yeah, sorry. Yeah. It's reality TV. You just got a dose of reality. Big time, man. Big time. You should see my wife's face. Oh man, we got, we got we got we got hit with reality. That's for sure. And uh, but you know what? Looking back, best thing that ever happened. Best thing. Just like my mom won um, won that bet on those horses. Yeah. Best thing that ever happened because one, it allowed me to quit my job so that I could go full-time with Washi. If I would never have gone full-time with Washi, it would have always been my side hustle. It would right. have never have launched. You know what? I quit the job. And because I was in the paper, it gave me a good head start. Mm -hmm. it, all across the, from Washington to Utah, Idaho, it was in the newspaper that, and the headline, like the headline seriously read, um, elected official quits his job to uh, go on this toilet seat run, something like with toilet seats. And everyone was picking it up. All the newspapers were picking it up. And um, for some reason, the CEO of Squatty Potty, I, I, you know, Squatty Potty, yep. top five uh, uh, products on Shark Tank, saw it, and then he invited me down to St. George to meet with him. And, and that, and that kind of just gave me a really good head start. It was a blessing in disguise that I could go full-time with Washi, and then the journey since then, it's just been the ride of my life, man. Been the ride of my life. Man, man, man. Okay, I have to ask this question, because I know, I know. look, anytime you bring this type of knowledge to people, they're always gonna be the flip side, right? Well, yeah, well, he's, you know, obviously, blah, blah, blah. Help, help us understand this point. How, how did your mindset not take you down that negative self-destruction? Plenty of entrepreneurs, you don't have to be an entrepreneur, right? You could be at work and something doesn't go right and you have a decision to make, right? I can either low wallow in misery or I can rise. How did you, how did you take us into that Rob Polecki mind and say, how did you stop or did you and then pull yourself out of it, right? And not get into that negative self-destruction. Yeah. Can you remember that hump that I was talking about? Yeah, yeah. To get over in the beginning. I was about to go back down to the bottom and get a and get another job. I was about to go and say, you know what? I'm just gonna get another job, and then I'll 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 continue to try to do this as my side hustle. And it was really my wife that pulled me out of that. My wife said, "Listen, it's a good opportunity now, just to see how this goes. Mm -hmm. Right? Let's just take a year." She gave me a year and say, "We got enough money. We have." You know, we we have a couple businesses together. She runs. She was mm -hmm. a real estate agent at the time. We have a commercial cleaning company in Southeast Idaho, and that that could pay the bills, right? Right. So let's 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 take this for the year. Try to do this full time for a year, and so that was what got me out of the hump. I was in that depression state for like three weeks when I got the news, and um, nobody knew but me and my wife everybody still thought I was going on Shark Tank. So 
I was still hiding the fact oh, that I was man. <laughs> everybody was like, oh, I can't wait to go. I can't wait to see your episode. And I didn't say nothing. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm still going, you know, um, I was faking the funk. But um, but at the time, man, I was in a depressed state. Uh, I was going to go look for another job. I had opportunities. People loved me in the, sure. in the community and I could go get another job. But, um, I, you know, sat down with my wife and, and we were like, you know what, give this a shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what got me over the hump, man. I needed someone else to to help me over the hump. And I think a lot of people in in my position as entrepreneurs, I'm, I, I get up, I get hit up like once or twice a day from entrepreneurs that see my story and just need that little push over yeah. that hump to, to just just to start, bro. Just start. You have these ideas. Just start. And um, that's what got me over the hump. Is is you know having a, a a partner, um, you know, my wife, um, someone that I could count on and, and to help me over and say, you know what, take a shot. Woo. Man, I, you know, that, that speaking from experience, which you have, right. And let, let me help everybody understand this. Like you just said something, you, you already had a commercial cleaning company and your wife was a real estate. So you already had two businesses, right. Yeah. But, but this was, from from what I'm re- understanding, what it comes, how I look, perceive it, this washi business was the first time you were going all in. You said we're all out, we're all in, right? And yeah. and, and I'm not going to marginalize this anything like you know if your wife doesn't sell you know a, a home or two, it's okay because you have something to fall back on. Yep. If the commercial real estate cleaning company, eh, you know what? If it doesn't pick up very well, like you still have something to fall back onto. Once you removed the crutch. My wife talks about my wife and I had this conversation um, before she was able to, to quit her job uh, at the beginning of this year was we, once you remove the crutch. Right. Then then what are you going to do? Right. That's when the leadership, that's when the mindset, that's when everything comes full circus or to the surface. And it's like, now what? You don't have anything to fall back on. So what are you going to do? And I, I you're telling us that you already had, you know, X, Y, and you could have planned Z, W, X, W, whatever, but you were like, go, go all out. It's time yeah. to remove the crutch and go all out. Yeah. Man, that is deep. I mean, look, I had to, I had to run with that because I think people, especially from an entrepreneur side, like you keep telling people, just get started. You can say that from a strength position because you just got started. You needed to push like somebody else needed to push. You know what I'm saying? So Man, that's awesome. That's awesome. All right. I would love, I mean, Washi is huge. If you guys don't know what it is, look it up. Uh, Rob at the end of this is going to give you how you can find them, where you can get a hold of them. But you, you, you have to listen to his story, that other side of the story. I mean, I watch, if you want, this is going to be a show, shout out to Coach V because I watched your um, uh, interview with him, which was fantastic. Um, a great interview. And I just was like, man, I've got to talk to this guy. He's fantastic. So, all right, as we start to wind up a little bit and wrap up here, let's let's talk about that balance now, right? The balance between your life as an entrepreneur, now you've, um, you run, obviously, Washi, that life and the balance between that and a dad, right? How do you balance dad life, you know, uh, being, a, being a husband, um, all the other uh, responsibilities? T- take us into that. How do you balance that life? Yeah. So uh, let me go back a little bit when I was an elected official. I had to, um, I had to grow up, man. I had to grow up and and become a be- better father because 
I was gone all the time. Um, my six years as, as in office, I was just always at work. You know, I was working like my dad. I was always at work nine, nine to five but, or 10 hours a day. I was always gone on conferences um, with other elected officials and I was gone a lot and missed a lot of my, my kids' um, activities, dance, and, you know, even my son's football games, flag football games. And I regret it, man. I, I, I needed to grow up and say, you know what? Actually, not grow up, actually just become a better father and, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and put them first. You know, the job would always be there. I was doing a great job, um, you know, with, with my career, but not the best job with my family. I had put them second. And so what I had learned at, towards the end is that I was missing out on my kids growing up. Mm-hmm. So I made it a priority that um, during this washi run that, that I would schedule my family first. And when I schedule my family first, that meaning that I would not only just show up to their activities, but be a part of the activities, coaching their activities, um, taking them to the activities and actually staying there and watching them. And that's what kids really need is yeah. that not not just for their parents to put them in activities, but for their parents to be involved and watch them and see them grow. They want that that proud kid moment. I'm going to show my dad what I did. So I, I always scheduled, well, I've, I've begun to schedule my kids first and their activities and my family first, making sure I'm here on the weekends. And I'm, you know, if I have to be gone, um, I'm back by Friday, you know, um, yeah. not spending weekends out. And, and so it's been tough, though, to tell you the truth, it's been tough because it's a startup, because I have to focus my time. I have other people's money on the line. I have my own money on the line, my family's future on the line. Um, that balance has been really tough. But but the first thing that I've known to do is to schedule my family first. So w- meaning that when I get my, my daughter's softball schedule, softball practices and workouts, my son's football schedules, baseball schedule, I put them in before I make any meetings and I go around their schedules. So having that mentality of I schedule my family first has worked out for us. My wife is happy because <laughs> <laughs> she's the taxi, right? She, she's, yep. uh, she's running them around and also running uh, our, our commercial cleaning company as well. Um, but, it, you, you know, we're a busy family and, and yep. they see the grind. I mean, they see me out hustling. Um, and then I'm also making, you know, all of their, their activities and, and being a part of their lives. So let me, let me ask you, um, let me ask you this question. When you were younger, did your, did your dad, was he just gone all the time and never, and could he catch your activities or what, did he miss a, a good chunk of your activities? Yeah, I, I always remember, you know, other family members taking me to games and, um, uh, because he was working, he did, he did make half, you know, um, mm-hmm. but uh, sports weren't the priority back then, yeah. you know, work was, you know, uh, when I was a kid in New Zealand, I, I was allowed to play rugby, but that was it, you know, after that, not come home, be with the family, you got chores, we got things to do, um, I got to, you know, dad's got to be gone, mom's stay at home, mom, you got to be home. Um, when I was in high school, you know, I was allowed to play, you know, sports and things kind of changed, but, um, yeah, when I, when I was growing up as a kid, you know, sports weren't number one, you know, it's, it's, uh, you go to school, come home and stay home. 
Yeah. So, um, so yeah, but I've, I've kind of changed, you know, as we progress and as we learn, you know, now, uh, you know, I have my kids in sports, not because I want them to play professionally, yeah. not because I need them as this meal ticket or anything. I, I, I want them to not be in trouble, right? right. Always be doing something. They, there's a good um, um, club sports in Utah that I have them involved with and good kids, you know, mm-hmm. being around, you know, my, uh, kids that are focused on on g- achieving things, always like, you know, wanting to to gain something or win something. So that mindset, I love mm-hmm. that mindset. So yeah, man, it wasn't always like that, but it's what we're doing now. So, and the reason I asked this question is because if we look at the evolution, right? We, you didn't let your you didn't let your upbringing define who you are. You took parts of how you were raised and where you came from, and embedded that into your soul, deep down in, into the makeup of who you are. Right? You took that part. The other parts, you were like, "Nah, we're not going to go down this route." Subconsciously, as you started washing, you were like, "Look, I can't." do what I did, which was work all the time, because, you know, not for nothing against your parents. My parents were the same way, worked a lot. You know, they always working, always in the grind, which was great hustling for us. And as we got older, that transition was, I'm going to use my brain and my intellect to be the grind. So then I can be a part of my family's life. And I think that transition, I really want people to understand that is just because you saw something when you were a kid doesn't mean that you have to bring it over as an adult. You can use that as a benchmark, but you have the ability to change any circumstance. And I, and that is massively huge, especially, look, we can say we all have dad guilt, right? Because we work, we work a lot. I'm providing, I'm doing what I've got to do. It's that it is that dad guilt, right? And this, what you just laid out for us is how we, when you start scheduling right? Your kids is, and then your business, your business, I can tell you, right, is going to substantially just increase. And you could probably agree with that as, um, as you have probably seen that before, but man, what a, what a way to just understand the business, man. That's fantastic. Kevin, you hit on something that I want to touch on is um, a lot of immigrants to this country or a lot of ethnic uh, families, their parents, are busting their butts mm-hmm. and going out and finding jobs and being gone and working hard so that their kids could one day be a boss not so that their kids can one day go and work a nine to five right the parents the immigrant parents are busting their butts so their kid can go get an education and one day be a boss one day work for a, a, a successful company their dream is not for for them to come here and for their children to you know do the same yeah. thing as them. So yeah. I think that's a, what a lot of people don't consider is that um, your parents have come here to work so hard that they want you to level up. They want you not to be like them. They want you to be more successful than more than they could ever have been, and they're giving you the opportunity to do that. A lot of people. Um, I mean, it's not like they're purposely doing it and staying in these jobs. Um, and I think it, it's the mindset that they have to get over that hump. And uh, man, most people that I know that are still stuck in that mindset have the opportunities, have the leadership skills that they, they could be leading a company or uh, in different positions in a company, but getting over that hump is the bu- biggest obstacle. 
<laughs> man, wow. We could we we could be done on that last point. <laughs> that that is just look. That is probably that is so profound what you just said, right? The you know, parents' job is to give their kids a better opportunity of life. We 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 paved the wave and say, here we go. Your parents did it, my parents did it, and that's what you're doing for your kids, and that's what I'm doing for my kids. One of the best things you will ever hear, and just break it down point by point. That is, man, Rob, that thank you for touching on that. That is that is fantastic. Um so as we start to close out, give me a little, give us a little, you know, tell us a little about Washi, right? This is the, the commercial for Washi. You know, tell yeah. us a little bit about it, how you can, how people can reach out and find it, where they can go to see what it is. And then obviously, um, you know, we can talk a little bit about how they can get a hold of you. But yeah, tell us a little bit about Washi and, and that process. Yeah. So Washi is a toilet seat that I created that allows the user to sanitize and clean the seat before they sit. We are eliminating paper toilet seat covers forever. The, so 22% of the time people use paper toilet seat covers, there are waste, they're always on the ground, maintenance mm -hmm. hates them and they're absorbent. So once your body heat hits the, the paper toilet seat cover, anything on the seat can seep through. So it's been a psychological thing the whole time. So my idea was, like, let's get rid of these paper covers and actually clean and sanitize the seat down. So mm -hmm. you wave your hand over a sensor, sanitizing foam comes to the surface, you grab some toilet paper and you can sanitize the seat, have a fresh, good scenting, smelling seat before you sit. So we are in hospitals, stadiums, um, uh, event centers, um, um, airports. And so we're getting out into high traffic venues. We launched in Utah and Idaho, but um, in the next few weeks, we are launching um, nationwide and even globally. We've got some large um, strategic partners that are, are partnering up with us and things have been going great uh, after COVID. But um, yeah, you can find us www.washiproducts.com or you know, a lot of people follow my journey on LinkedIn. So um, it's just linkedin.com slash Poleki, P-O-L-E-K-I. But um, yeah, Washi Toilet Seat, if you guys want to look it up, it's, it's on YouTube, there's commercials. And um, if you're interested, just, just hit me up. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's both, so just so we know, it's both for, you know, is it residential, commercial, or are you small business, large business, or, you know. Yeah. So it's, it's a commercial product, right? It's okay. For public restrooms. Um, we are working on a residential seat with a light and some poopery stuff, um, some different uh, benefits to it, but currently it's commercial and we're mm -hmm. looking for high traffic. Um, so where a lot of the public go to like movie theaters, malls and stadiums, airports, especially has been our main target. Um, so yeah, high traffic restrooms. Nice, nice, nice. Oh, Rob, man, I, man, I knew this was going to be a fun interview, but Man, I didn't think we'd get into just some depth, some really, really depth of this. So I appreciate your time. Um, lastly, here's a scenario. We'll wrap this up and then we'll we'll go from there. So you're sitting at, you know, you're sitting at an ice cream shop, right? And you're approached by someone who says, okay, look, look, you, 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 who would have thought you would have taken a toilet seat to the level that it's at, right? How do you find I'm an entrepreneur? I have all these ideas, but I just don't have passion or I don't have the courage to just go and do it. 
give this person, you know, some actual items that they can do to get moving and get into action. Yeah. I think first you got to ask yourself why you want to do, right? Why do you want to create a business? Like, why do you want to become an entrepreneur? Because once you get into it and once you're all alone, there ain't no nine to five to back you up. It's hard. It's tough. So before you leave your nine to five, before you quit, ask yourself why you're quitting, why you want this life. Like, is it the glamorous life? Because everybody wants to be an entrepreneur these days. It's like <laughs> everybody want to be in the NBA, you know, in the 90s. Now everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. And, and that's great. Yeah. But not everyone can be one. Right. I, I, everybody, you could you could go work a nine to five and have a great career you know, and be a VP of, you know, a company and, and live your life. But the life of an entrepreneur, you got to ask yourself, is that my life? And if it is, yes, then the first thing you need to do is get a master's in Google and YouTube. It's free. <laughs> I have a master's, my bro. Like everything I did with my first patent was on Google patents and everything I needed to learn about the restroom industry, about uh, CAD work, engineering, design is all on YouTube. All the tutorials that you need. I, I became a, this self-made engineer trying to go back and forth with manufacturing and stuff, all from YouTube tutorials. You don't need to use your money and, and waste your money on, on going to these, you know, school or you, you can learn it on YouTube now. It's not that important. If, if you're going to become an entrepreneur, you don't need a degree. Yeah. Man, you need to you need to just go and, and figure it out. So whatever your idea is, whatever your um, your product is, um, go and learn on Google and YouTube and just start. Find people that um, that are entrepreneurs and hang out with them. Do what they do because you're hanging out with the wrong people if you ain't started yet. Right? If you're <laughs> if you're still working the nine to five, you're hanging out with everyone that's working the nine to five, and you're yeah. comfortable on that. If you want to become an entrepreneur. Find some entrepreneurs and hang out with them and go, what are they up to? What are they doing? If you like what you see, you'd start doing it. So those are kind of maybe three steps that you can take. Right. If you if you guys just didn't get a, a, a punch in the mouth from that, I don't know what you guys are thinking, man. That is fantastic, Robert. And it's true. Your LinkedIn is just full of it. And I love following you on LinkedIn. It's so much fun to watch it, man. I, I cannot begin to tell you how grateful I am for this this time, I know you got to run. Your, your time is cut short here. But, I, man, I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. This is going to be a fun, and I hope people that listen to it pause it multiple times and write down things that you said because you're speaking the truth, you're speaking from the heart, but you're speaking from an entrepreneur that is just building one business to get to the next business to get to the next business and have a lot of fun. Before I let you go, I, I got always ask my I always ask everybody to interview this, five books. Five books you would recommend anybody to read. What could be personal development, business, spiritual, whatever. Just five. Give us five good books that we could either read or listen to. All right, Cameron, this is something that I've never told anyone. So this is the first time right on your show. Uh, Cameron, I don't read, man. No? I don't read, man. I, I have a difficult time reading. I I think as a kid, I have some kind of, I'm <laughs> dyslexic or something. I have never finished a book from cover to cover, um, my mind is racing too too much. And when mm -hmm. I read, when I read, I'm thinking about something else that I'm not <laughs> focusing. I do listen to audiobooks, and um, 
And so one thing about one thing about how I've learned over the process, mm-hmm. I've watched and listened. So I listened to Gary V. Gary V, when I need to find business strategy, the, the funniest things, his books, I've listened. Uh, so Crushing It, uh, he's got a new book, 12 and a half, uh, all audio books. I, yep. I've listened to all of them. So Gary V uh, for business strategy is huge. If you don't like the swearing, just just mimic that out and get that out of there. <laughs> you just listen to the message. Um, E.T., the hip hop preacher. When I need motivation, E.T. is my guy. He's like a football coach. I love, you know, I'm a sports guy. I need someone to yell at me to get get me going. Um, So those two guys, I don't have five books, but I have those two guys who are my go-to guys. That anytime I need advice, anytime I need some motivation, I go to Gary Vee or or to uh, ET Hip Hop Preacher. Gary Vee is talking about NFTs and and crypto. And I've been huge into that and learning about that and, and investing um et is just man you listen you need some motivation go listen to one of his videos so that's right that's right i i follow both of them i i follow both of them um i listen to um et his story about you know i want to be you know i'm be i'll be a millionaire so he talks about the guru right goes out into the water and the whole water story is fantastic man i love it i love it Dang, Rob, I, w- I wish we had another another two, three hours, man, because we could get a lot done. But, hey, I appreciate your time. Um, I, I especially appreciate that, right? Gary V and E.T. the Hip Hop Preacher, which is they're phenomenal to listen to. Appreciate your day. I appreciate your time, man. Have a great rest of the day, and uh, we'll see you guys on another episode of the Arch Study View. Yeah,